Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. Well, tonight, go with me to the book of John, Gospel of John. And I'm going to start out in verse number 12. The title of tonight's message is simply this, While You Have the Light. While you have the light. You're going to see this statement appear a couple of times in a couple of verses that we're going to read through in John, the 12th chapter. Jesus has just come into Jerusalem. Jesus has come into shouts of Hosanna. The disciples are there. They're shouting. The Pharisees are there. They're shouting, hey, shut everybody up, Jesus. Jesus says, if they don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. Comes into the city and he starts to teach. He starts to preach. He starts to declare who he is. And it's in this context that Jesus is declaring some things and people are believing him, people are not believing in him. He's stirring up all kinds of controversy. Some people are boldly following Jesus. Other people, they're shying away from Jesus because they don't want to be cast out of the synagogue. And here Jesus starts to make a statement and Jesus starts to talk about something that I believe for each and every one of us is a prophetic word, not only of what is to come, but some things in our life that we may have here and now. John chapter 12, I want to take a look at two verses, verse number 35 and verse number 36. John chapter 12, verse number 35, then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Almost like a living parable, Jesus tells them what's about ready to take place. He tells them, you have the light right now, and you should take advantage of that. And he says, because the darkness is going to come, and anybody who walks in darkness, they don't know where they're going. And then he says, you should take advantage of this and believe in the light while you have the light, so you can become sons of light. In other words, if the light of the world departs, now you are the light of the world. And you won't be not knowing where you're going, walking in darkness. You'll know where you're going because you're walking in the light. And like I said, like a living parable, all of a sudden Jesus disappears from their view. He hides himself. Even though he was there, he was hidden from them. He departed and they couldn't find him any longer. Now this is one of the last statements that Jesus makes in his public ministry. It's one of the last things that Jesus announces about himself and tells people. It's almost like he leaves with a warning and then he shows them what's taking place as one of the last things he does in his public ministry before he heads to the cross. And I believe that God is speaking some things through these verses. I believe that if we will take a look at some of the principles that come out of these verses and that we'll take note and take advantage of the things that we have in our life, that number one, our Christian walk will continue to grow stronger and stronger in the Lord. Number two, we will have that light and we will know the direction that we are going. And number three, we'll be able to help others out. And so tonight, I want to talk to each and every one of us about while you have the light. While you have the light. There's a couple of ways that I'm going to end this statement. And I want you just to take note of what we're talking about tonight. And I believe that as we go through these things, as we end this statement, that you're going to understand more, you're going to learn more. But not only that, as you leave this place, you're going to be able to apply it and take advantage of what God has for your life. First thing is this, while you have the light, make quick use of it. Make quick use of it. Notice Jesus said to them, a little while longer and the light is with you. 
We all know this, that every day has 24 hours in the day. You ever heard the term, we're burning daylight here? Right? Let's get going. Let's get moving. We're burning daylight, you know? I, I recently had my family on vacation. My wife wanted to take some photographs of the family all together. And so I got out my, my camera. Many of you guys know that I like photography. And so I, I got out my camera and we went down to the beach and we're there at the beach. We're all wearing, you know, like the Hawaiian shirts and, you know, shorts and that sort of a thing and doing the cheesy thing where we're, you know, we're walking towards the ocean holding hands and then we run and we part and, you know, all those stupid things that you do when you're taking pictures. So that's Someone will look at it and go, oh, wow, look at this candid moment. You're like, we did that 16 times, you know? But I wanted to make sure that we got to what photographers called the golden hour. There is a time where the sun is just setting, the lighting is just perfect, and you have just about an hour of time to take those photos. Now, if you've ever been trying to take pictures with a nine-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old, you know that that hour is way too short, Right? just to get them to sit still for a second while you take the picture and not make a funny face or do bunny ears or something crazy, right? Frankenstein face or something like that. It's about a miracle that we got any pictures that look anything worth doing something with, you know? And sure enough, I, this little side note, it has nothing to do with the message. I, I printed out one of the pictures in a panorama, you know, a big long roll, and I had it all rolled up, and I put it in a cardboard box, and we're getting ready to walk out, and so I set it on the chair, and I went over here, and my son came in and sat down, and I heard the crunch, and I went, I just wasted $16. But anyways, okay, that had nothing to do with the message. But see, that whole time I was like, hurry up, guys. We only have so much daylight. We've only got so much time. We, we need to take advantage of this. And I believe that God wants each and every one of us to understand that there is a light that we have. There is a time that we have. We've only got so many days here on the earth. Moses prayed and he said in Psalm chapter number 80, uh, I'm sorry, 89, he says, Lord, teach us to have a heart of wisdom that we might number our days correctly. We ought to understand that there's only going to be so much time that we have here on the earth. And while we have that time, we need to make proper use of it. We need to make sure we're preaching to everybody that we know. We need to make sure that we're doing the things that God has called us to do. Pastor Joel's father just recently passed away. One of the very last things he did on his deathbed, the last conversation he had was with one of his grandchildren, making sure that they were right with the Lord. See, he was faithful right up until the end. As long as he had the light, he was making use of it. In us, we need to do the same thing. There's a poem in the Saturday Evening Post called The Time of the Mad Adam. And I think it sounds a lot like what we're experiencing in our day and age. It reads, this is the age of the half-read page, and a quick hash and the mad dash, the bright night with the nerves tight, the plane hop with a brief stop, the lamp tan and short span, the big shot in a good spot, the brain strain and the heart pain and the cat naps till the spring snaps and the fun's done. It's kind of a witty little thing from 1949, but I believe it still applies to us today. Things are running quick. Things are going fast. We run and we run and we run and we go through a lot of things and a lot of things come at us on a daily basis. Oh my goodness, school's starting. There's a mad dash to get as many clothes as you need. Can I, can I ask a question? In California, do we really need to buy that many clothes? You know what I mean? Like my kids have 16 pairs of shorts. Why am I buying them pants to go back to school? They're not going to wear them till like November or December. And yet I've got to go and buy pants, you know? I've got to go and buy clothes, toed shoes because they literally destroyed the last pairs that they had. But in the midst of life, we miss out on life. And while we have the light, we need to make quick use of it. Time is short. 
Jesus could come back at any moment. I ought to have a big amen on that. Jesus could come back at any moment. Come on. I think that we as the church, we, you know, there was a period of time that we kind of laughed at it. Uh, Dr. Lisa Gilfillan was telling me one time, she goes, she goes, you guys don't understand that, you know, in our day with the Jesus movement and, and the things that we were being taught at that time, we thought Jesus was coming back like next week, next month, you know, sometime. So we didn't invest in retirement. We, we weren't, you know, we were like, if we buy a big home, we don't have to finish that mortgage. Jesus is coming back, you know? And we laughed about it, but yet, because time has gone on, it's almost like the end of Second Peter, where they say, where is this coming? And we've gotten a little bit lethargic about the second coming of the Lord. And that's why I'm saying this is a prophetic word, because I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is coming soon, and the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. See, we've lost that word in Christian society because people don't understand what it means. It means come now, come and save, come quickly, Lord. It's a cry of every heart, God, I, I want to wrap this thing up, God. And we need to be looking for and hastening the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make use of the light while we have the light. We need to make quick use because we're not guaranteed another moment on this earth. We're not guaranteed a tomorrow. Jesus could come back, could come back at anytime. And if he doesn't come in our lifetime, our lives are still just a vapor. That's all you've got. It's there and then it's gone. It's our vapor time. I heard one person talk about it like this. They went to the graveyard and they saw the number of years that someone had been here on the earth. And in between their birth date and their death date was a little dash. That dash is your life. Your life is just a quick little dash. We need to make quick use of the time that we have. First Thessalonians chapter number five, turn there with me. In the New Testament, right after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you'll find First Thessalonians. Go to the last chapter, verse number, chapter five, verse number one, and we're gonna read down through verse number eight. I got a lot of scripture tonight, so just buckle up, all right? Here we go. First Thessalonians five, verse number one, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Notice he says the day of the Lord. That is the day when Jesus returns. The day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Now, a thief comes unexpectedly, right? You can't prepare for someone coming and trying to break in your house. That's their will. That's their motive. That's their thing. And so it says the day comes like a thief in the night. Verse 3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. My wife had the wonderful opportunity to show me that verse in real life because most of our kids started coming in the middle of the night, you know? And it was like, here we are going to bed, especially with our first child. We had just finished up everything. We were laying down in bed. I said, honey, do we have anything to do tomorrow? She says, no. No, we, oh my goodness, my water just broke. I know what we're doing tomorrow. We're going to be at Kaiser Fontana. All right. Praise the Lord. Goes on and says this. Verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Isn't that a comforting thought? You're not in darkness. Jesus says no man knows the day or the hour, but we can know the times and the seasons. That's an interesting thought. Guys, I'm looking around. I'm looking at scripture. I'm looking at what's going on in the world. Jesus is coming soon. 
And so we need to make quick use of the day that God has given us. It goes on in the next verse, look what it says. Verse five, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Verse six, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. We need to be awake and attentive and aware. Verse seven, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Verse eight, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You know when Jesus comes, your salvation Oh my goodness, is so sure at that moment. Right now we have the hope. We're the confident expectation looking forward to our salvation. You say, well, wait a second. I prayed a prayer. I thought I was saved. No, he who endures to the end shall be saved. There's got to be a life that follows your words because many have abandoned the faith. Many have walked away. Even in our day and age, people who have been professed leaders in Christendom and it's sad and it breaks my heart. But guys, Jesus is coming. And those that departed and those that walked away, though that blasphemed, those that profaned his name, they will look upon him and they will mourn and wail, the Bible says. These are popular concepts in the church. We don't preach about these things a lot. Why? Because we don't get a lot of amens. And yet it is very important that every man, woman, and child in church understands that Jesus is coming, that heaven is real, that hell is real, that there is a reward for the righteous and there is punishments for the wicked. That's good Bible teaching right there. But it's also what God is telling to us. We need to make sure that we make quick use of it. Not only make quick use of it, but make best use of it. Not only make quick use of it, but make best use of it. Before the days of electricity, an old farmer saw a young man carrying a lamp with him to go meet up with his girl. He was carrying it, and he was going to see the girl he was courting as he was walking down the road. And the old farmer, you know, being a macho man, looked at him and he said, well, my day. We didn't carry one of them things when we went to call on our girl. The young man said, yep, and look what you got. Here's the point. Use what you have. Use it or lose it, right? We got to use what God has given us. We got to walk in the light that God has given us. Anytime you see the word walk in the Bible, it means to live out your life according to this manner. Your walk is what you're doing. Your walk is the direction that your life is going. And just like Jesus said, that you should walk in the light that you have. And you should believe in the light until you become sons of light. Because those that walk in darkness, they don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're ending up. And that's clearly evident by just going around and taking a poll of your neighborhood or go down to the mall and start asking people, what is eternity all about? Some people tell you, well, we're just going to cease to exist. Some people tell you we're going to become one with the universe. Some people will tell you we're going to go to heaven. Some people will tell you all sorts of silly things that you never thought anybody would ever believe in your lifetime. There's all kinds of ideas about eternity that maybe we'll get our own planet one day or maybe there's some sort of reward that's coming to us that's crazy, you know? We're going to have our own stuff that's going to take place. There's other religions that will tell you different things that you're going to come back and you're be, going to be reincarnated and you get another shot at this. People will tell you all kinds of things, but we have to make best use of the light that we have because otherwise we're just like the people out there walking in darkness. We don't know where we're going. And yet Christians have direction. We have a guide. We have a Holy Spirit. We have a light on the inside of us that shines in the darkness. We never have to stumble. We have the light of life. We have Jesus on the inside of our hearts. Can anybody say amen? Romans chapter 13, turn there with me. The book of Romans now, chapter number 13. Verse number 11 through verse 
number 14. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11 through verse number 14. The Apostle Paul just got done talking to the church at Rome about their love for one another, how they should act towards one another. Verse 11, he says, and do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. If you thought I was crazy for saying that your salvation was coming on that day, there's another verse for you, right? Our salvation is nearer. See, salvation is not just an act, it is a life, and it is a process that happens on the inside of us. And as we get closer to that day, our salvation is near. Jesus is our salvation, and the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. So we are sealed for that day. Are you listening? It goes on in verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Notice the contrast. He says, we've got to cast off those things of darkness. You're going to stumble in those things. You're not going to know where you're going. And let's put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and in envy. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. See, I find that oftentimes in the flesh, my flesh talks to me. My flesh says, I'm hungry. My flesh says, I'm tired. I don't want to do nothing right now. My flesh says, hey, it'd be really nice if we just messed with that person. My flesh says, are you going to let them talk to you like that? My flesh is always talking to me. And if I listen to it, I find that it, it'll say, hey, go make me a sandwich. Hey, go lay down. Hey, go give them a piece of your mind. Hey, go do this. Go do that. Go look at this. Go look at that, right? And if I allow myself to walk in the flesh, walk in darkness, I'll find myself making provisions for the flesh. Start thinking through, oh, I'm really going to give them a piece of my mind, right? I'm going to say this. They're going to counter back with that. And all of a sudden, I'm making provisions. I'm laying out stuff. I'm giving time. I'm giving attention. I'm giving focus. Maybe you understand this. If any of you have ever been addicted, you know what making provisions looks like. I'm going to hide this over here. I'm going to put it away. I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to lie about it if they ask me, right? See, those things, those hidden things of the heart, God sees them all. And God says, I don't want you to walk in that darkness. You won't know where you're going. You're going to stumble around and never make it where you need to go. But if you will walk in the light, if you'll put on Christ, if you'll put on the armor of light, then you'll be able to know where you're going and make the best use of your time here on earth. You know, oftentimes we've asked the question, and I think it's a good question to ask, what if you knew that Jesus was coming back tonight? Who would you call? Who would you warn? What would you do? Who would you go after? Who would you say I love you to? Who would you witness to? These are all things that we need to understand that, you know what, Jesus isn't coming back tonight. And yes, we can play the long game. We can love our neighbor. We can continue to work on them. We can look for doors of opportunity. I'm not saying don't do any of that. But also, I think on the inside of us, we always need to have that urgency. You know, we've been criticized of being opportunistic at our church. One time we were at a uh, meeting filled with pastors in the room, and they were talking about weddings and funerals and that sort of a thing. And I asked the question, you know, because I'm just young and dumb at the time, and so I'm still a little young and dumb. But I, I asked the question. I said, uh, you know, hey, should, should there be an altar call given at funerals? And they said, oh, no, these people are grieving. That's too opportunistic. Now, I didn't say anything because I respected the men of God in that room. But on the inside, I said, you darn right it's opportunistic. You have no greater opportunity to get someone saved because they're already thinking about eternity. 
And at this church, in this house, we give altar calls, and we get bigger altar calls than we get on the church service with thousands of people, a couple hundred people in the room, bigger altar call at the funeral. Why? Because the Bible says that there is wisdom in the house of mourning, greater than in the house of mirth, or the house of feasting, for those of you who do not know what mirth is. Here's the last thing. Use it or lose it. Use the light or lose the light. I heard the story of bamboo in the Chinese forests, that there's these thick, dense forests. Trees are growing up, and up in the canopy of the trees, their branches tangle together and hide the light from their base. But they're soaking in the light up top. And bamboo starts to grow. Just a little sprout at first, comes up. After a period of years, it has its growth process and starts to build up until it eventually hits that canopy. And it finds a place where it can wiggle its way through and eventually touch the light. And as soon as that bamboo gets out there and touches the light, in the next year, it will flower and it will produce seeds and fruit. But it doesn't happen until it touches the light. Now, what if, just think for a moment with me, what if that bamboo, as it was growing up, said, you know what, this is hard. You know, I know I'm reaching way up there for the light, but man, this is really tough. That ground is moist, it's soft, looks really nice. Might want to just lay down and that bamboo turned around and it came back down. You know, it's never going to fruit. It's never going to flower. It's never going to fulfill what its purpose is. It's never going to produce more bamboo. It's never going to do anything else. It's just going to lay down and eventually it's going to die because it was built, it was made to grow tall and to get that light and eventually to flower and eventually to fruit. In the same way as Christians, if we're not constantly using what God has given us, if we're not reaching for the light, if we're not moving forward in life, if we're not reaching up towards God and continually going on that upward crawl, sometimes it is a crawl, sometimes it is a grind. Listen, guys, no one ever said the Christian walk was easy. You got the devil coming at you. You've got your flesh coming at you. You've got the world coming at you. And on top of that, you're wondering what you're doing sometimes. It takes faith. It takes grit. It takes guts. It takes believing God. It takes getting up every morning and choosing. I'm not letting up. I'm not getting up. I'm not going back down towards the darkness. It'll only get darker down there. I'm reaching towards the light. I'm coming up. I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to flower. I'm going to be a witness and a testimony that God is real, that he is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. Jesus went to the cross. He died. He raised again. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. And if we'll believe that we can be with him for eternity. You got to use it or lose it. Because if you're walking in the darkness, it's going to get greater darkness. But if you're going up towards the light, it's only going to get brighter. Until that day. Until that day. Ephesians chapter 5, turn there with me in Ephesians, last section of scripture for the night. Like I said, I got a lot of scriptures tonight. We're doing good on time. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 8 through verse number 14. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That fulfills what Jesus said, that you are the light of the world. Wow. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk, live out your lives as children of light. Verse number nine, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That in itself is his own sermon right there. 
all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what's pleasing to the Lord. Heard one time somebody say, man, we've got all this uh, teaching about being pleasing to God. We shouldn't have such an emphasis on being pleasing to God because it's putting people into condemnation because they feel that they can't be good enough. I get that. I understand that. We don't want to be legalistic. We all stumble in many things. We understand that. We understand also that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all sin. You cannot earn God's love by your merit. But... His approval, his pleasure, you can, with your life, find out what is pleasing to him and do those things and put a smile on God's face. He will never stop loving you, but his approval is conditional on the type of life that you live. This is not popular teaching. This is not what other churches are preaching, guys. This is just what the Bible says. And I'm not giving you what other churches say. I'm giving you what the Bible says, all right? Thank you for those five or six week claps. Praise the Lord. Guys, I really don't care if I'm popular. I've never been popular in my entire life. I tried that, and uh, it didn't work out. And God shared with me, you are not here to be cool. Because this is not a popularity contest. This is faithfulness to the end. Hello. There we go. There you go. Now you're getting it. All right. Here we go. Verse number 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Sometimes that means you have no fellowship with the unfruitful people that are working in darkness. It's a hard truth. It's a hard reality. Sometimes those people that drag you down, you're going to have to put some space in between you, cut them off. Some of you guys are going to have to pray for them from a distance rather than in the club next to them. Verse 12, for it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest or appear by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Your life sometimes will bug other people. I've had friends that have told me I am afraid of your convictions. That happened to me as a teenager. Remember, I said I tried being cool. It didn't work out. Why? Because I fell in love with Jesus And when I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with his word. And when I fell in love with his word, I realized that his word would change me. And I was living beyond just a mere mental ascent, I believe it's true, but into a conviction that I believe it so much that I'm going to live it. And it changed the way that I lived my life. It cleaned me up from the inside out, and I'm still on that path, growing from glory to glory. I'm on the upward path now. But sometimes that bugs people who don't have those same convictions. Sometimes people think that you're radical, you're too holy. Why didn't you lighten up? Why don't you have some fun? Guys, I've never had more fun than when I'm perfectly in the will of God. Never had a more fulfilled life. Never had a more fulfilled marriage. Never had a more fulfilled adventure. Oh my goodness, the stuff that God comes up with with my life, I couldn't have dreamt that stuff up. I could have never dreamed of the things that God has done in, in my life. My goodness, I am living a dream. And it's all because God is much greater. God is more awesome. God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He has plans for you. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God wants to blow your mind with the life that you're going to live if you will wholeheartedly follow him. 
Verse 14, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Can we just shout that word awake out? Awake. I believe it's time for the church to wake up. I think it's time for the Spirit of God to call out the sleeping giant on the planet right now, the church of Almighty God. Wake up, church. It's time to wake up. It's time to be sober, not walking around like a drunken, beat-up, punch-drunk person. God wants you sober-minded. He wants you on assignment. God wants you to go to your place of business tomorrow morning looking at everybody like, I'm going to love them so hard. They are going to know that God loves them. I'm going to pray for them so much that they can't help but get into church. I am going to be a witness so good. I'm going to outwork everybody in this place, and they're going to know that a Christian showed up for work today. If you're a retired person, man, you've got a job. You've got a witness. You've got more time than all of us do. You should be going crazy. Bob and Marilyn over here are traveling the world right now, going and being missionaries all over the planet. Why? Because they can. They're on assignment. They, they realize, man, this is the most fun I've ever had in my life. I envy these guys. Dr. Steve Coburnick comes to this church. He's a pastor for free. We don't pay the guy. He just likes to pray. He likes to believe God for the miraculous. He likes to put together reports on uh, this many miracles happened this week at the rock at the altars. Oh, my goodness. Why? Because the man is on assignment. Retired people in this place, you are a force to be reckoned with. Don't let the devil tell you you're too old to do something for Jesus. Single moms. Come on, ladies. Don't be ashamed. Jesus is your husband. And with Jesus as your husband, man, he's going to lead you into the things that he has for you. God has an assignment. Love those children. Don't feel guilty about going to work and paying their bills and feeding them and putting shoes on their feet. My goodness, I know people in this church that are very wealthy, raised by a single mom that just prayed and drug them to church and did what she had to do. You might be raising up the next Billy Graham. You might be raising up the next president of the United States of America. You might be raising up the next artist. You might be raising up the next, I don't know, physician or who knows what. World changer. It's time to realize we're on assignment. Wake up, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. And while you have the light of Christ in your life, make quick use of it. Don't delay it. Don't procrastinate. Don't get lazy. Don't get lethargic. Don't get apathetic. Make quick use of it. Make best use of it. Find out what God has to say and do what God says. And you better use it or lose it because either you're going into greater light or you're going into greater darkness. You choose. I'm going into greater light. How many going with me? Come on and let's praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word, God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.